This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome in. This is Bink at Night here on 610 Sports Radio. The Odyssey app, however you choose to listen, we thank you. My name is Chris Inocero. Grant Nicholson is my producer, doing all the hard work. Grant, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. Yourself? I can't complain. Yeah, I'm good. I'm second night on the air here. I did I did a show last night with uh, Sports Machine. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday night. So tonight, there is a big concert going on at Kauffman Stadium. It's got Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison. It was a Joan Jett and the Blackheart. So a lot of people, apparently there's a, I was listening to the, to the drive on the way in here. And uh, Jay Edwards was talking about that, I think, on the, on the traffic report. Apparently, I-70 east-westbound backed up right now people trying to get into the uh to the complex to go see this concert you uh you kind of insulted one of the guys in the news it was not an here. insult it was, an it was insult. not an insult it was an in insult the newsroom. In the i didn't insult anybody yes you did it was so we were sitting there talking about this concert and well, then, no, you <laughs> named off the, who was going to be in the, I in named the concert off, and then you Def said Leopard. and then you you i said you, gonna be i said there's going to be a lot of 50 year olds there yeah that's all i said yeah, but but the the guy in the newsroom I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, he's never, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know anybody's name at BC except for Parks and Dean. <laughs> I don't know. And, you know nobody on that side. I, of the, I don't know any na- reporters. Na- I know. I knew Bill Grady when he was over there because Bill Grady had a great voice. Like I always wish I had his voice. I'm always jealous of people in radio that have great voices. Like like B Dub, uh, the producer for Fesco in the morning, great radio voice. So I'm always jealous of those guys. So like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that guy's name. But he he. Kind of give you that that <laughs> that cough when he heard you bring up the demographic. He was very. It, he was, sounded like he was offended by that. It sounded like he might have been offended about it, but I like never made a value it. judgment on those bands. I simply said that it'd be a it lot of fifty. The, it wasn't there. the bands. It sounded, it sounded like he was he was he was out there throwing shade at the demographic there. No, how was it? How was his shade? I. He took it as such. Well, you brought up the fact that there fault. were going to be people in that fifty plus demographic, which you're probably right. 
I, I'm definitely probably right. right. I, I'm, There'll I'm probably be some 60-plus right. people there, but there's probably some people in our age bracket, too. I know uh, a lot of people in my age group that listen to those groups. I'm not one of them. Not really big on the hair metal stuff. Didn't really get into 80s rock. I was more of an 80s pop guy. My, my dad really loves 80s pop, so I listened to a lot of that when I was a kid. Never got into the 80s rock stuff, but... It did kind of seem like you was throwing some shade there in the newsroom. I, I was doing no insulting. I never passed judgment on that type of music. So uh, there's, there's people group. here. If y'all driving in to uh, Kaufman right now, you're stuck in the traffic jam over there by the by the sports complex, just know that Brant might be looking down on y'all. Incorrect. <laughs> Enjoy your concert. <laughs> so uh, if you want to weigh in on anything that we, uh, we talk about tonight, call, text, on the Jays Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. An uh, hour from now, we've got the start of the Major League Baseball All-Star game. Keep you updated on that. I do want to talk about that later on in the show. Um, some interesting, <laughs> some really interesting stuff that came out there. Some sound bites from Dusty Baker, who's manager of the uh, American League team. Really interesting stuff. So I, I want to talk about that. Kind of problematic, I think. Uh, I'm also going to talk about the ramifications of the Orlando Brown Jr. situation with the Chiefs because I think that is really telling. I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting cut sound bites that we've heard from various people in the media about that deal. So I, I want to jump in that later on. But I, I first want to start with like I mean, let's be honest here. The big story right now still going on, and it's kind of marinating right now because the All-Star break's going on, is the Whit Merrifield situation. And what he said in regards to getting vaxxed for the team or not. Now, I'm not going to go on a rant about whether or not he should get vaxxed. Not my business. If he wants to get vaxxed, cool. If he doesn't want to get vaxxed, cool. It, it isn't my choice, not my business. He can do with his body whatever he wants. Don't care. When I found out that he was one of the players that was not vaxxed, I shrugged my shoulders. I was like, okay, you know, fine, whatever. You know, it's fine. I figured there would be players on this Royals team that would have that stance because, frankly, it is something that every team, I think, or almost every team that has gone to Canada has had to deal with. There's 25 players uh, across various teams that were not allowed into the country of Canada because of that uh, policy that they had. So I figured there'd be some on there. I thought maybe like four or five turned out to be uh, 10. So it, was, it, wasn't a, it wasn't the best look. It was a little story late last week. And like I said, I, I don't particularly care. It's not my business. So I'm, I'm not going to get on my high horse and complain about him not going out and getting vaccinated. Don't care. But the issue I had is with how he talked about the vaccination situation. Um, and his quote, very problematic. You know, his, his quote, the, basically him saying that if he were to get vaccinated, it would be for a team that makes the postseason. Not a good way to go out and kind of, I mean, it's not, he didn't, exactly directly say that I'm not getting vaccinated from my teammates, but he basically said it. He basically said it because he didn't say that he he's completely anti-vax. He said that he'd only consider it if he was on a playoff team. 
which is essentially him throwing shade at his teammates. And he has tried to clarify that uh, he actually reached out to Cody last week from Cody and Gold, did a sit-down interview with him. I think it was like 30 minutes long. Really good interview, by the way. Um, You can check it out on the podcast page, Cody and Gold, on the Odyssey app. And here is, this is the clip of Witt basically attempting to clarify what he was saying. When I looked back yesterday and um, read what I had said, I I instantly knew that what I had said um, didn't come out anywhere like I wanted it to come out, like I was trying to say. Um, I wish I would have caught it in the moment because I could have corrected myself uh, in the moment, but unfortunately it took me actually reading my quote to see how it's it, it's perceived um, what I said. And so he said, yeah, like I had to read the quote, and once I read it, I saw how it was perceived and I didn't like it. And so – you know, here is him kind of reflecting on what he perceived people saw from his quote. What's kept me up at night uh, last night was was people thinking that um, I don't love Kansas City and I haven't really loved every every minute that I've been in Kansas City. That I haven't that I don't love my teammates. I don't want to fight for my teammates and and um, you know the the people that. I mean, I've been with this organization for 12 years. The front office has been the same my entire career. They're like family to me. I've developed great relationships with coaches and players. Um, I, I bought a house in Kansas City. Um, you know, I, I the community is is greatly important to me. And for my words to reflect anything besides that is something that uh, is not okay with me. And I really feel like I needed to clarify it. Grant, did you think? that his quotes about his vaccination status was him throwing shade at Kansas city. No, that was not, no. that is not how I interpreted it. Not how you interpreted it. No. I also did not interpret it that way. I did not look at his quote and think that he threw shade at Kansas city. I didn't think he attacked our barbecue. I didn't think he attacked the plaza lighting ceremony. I don't think he attacked the the NLBM. He didn't go out there and throw shade at the Nelson Atkins Art Museum. He didn't talk bad about our traffic. If he talked bad about Kansas drivers, I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Kansas drivers, problematic drivers. But he didn't attack our city. What he did, though, is he attacked his teammates. And that is kind of an awkward situation now. Because, frankly, I think that a lot of the guys on that team... I, I really think those guys on that team, the, t- the guys who were there in Toronto, they seem to me like they're a little bit over him. They were having a lot of fun in Toronto, even though it took only one out of four games. They had a lot of fun there. Here's Nikki Lopez after that Thursday win that they got, first game in Toronto with all of those young guns. Basically, they were playing with the 2021 Ohio uh, Omaha Storm Chasers. That was a ton of fun, man. That was awesome. Um, right from pitch one. You know, clawing back and forth. I mean, this is obviously one of the better teams in the league. Um, you guys obviously know our situation. Um, it was just a, it was an unselfish win. It was everyone pulling for each other. Um, pitchers doing their things. Zerpa got us off to a, obviously a really good start, and then um, you know, tax them on, and then <laughs> eating. I mean, 
we were all so happy happy for him and the dugout erupted and I was saying I don't think anybody even watched my my next step back because we were all just so happy for Eaton. So um, I mean, this was just a uh, a great win and it was a, it was a lot of fun. Now. Nikki would later come out and basically say, hey, hey, I didn't mean mean it like that. I wasn't trying to attack Wit or any of those guys out there for what they, they chose to do. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I believe him because I, I know how these operations work inside these teams. And typically when a player goes out and says something like that, that we clearly will interpret a certain way as a shot towards his teammates. They're typically instructed by those who work higher ups, communications department, et cetera. Hey, maybe you should walk that back a little bit because we probably don't want that to turn into a story. And it did turn into a story. Uh, So at that point, it it was kind of too late. But I do think that he was kind of talked to and like, hey, you know, don't say that. You're not supposed to say that media training, all that, all that buzz. So I, I understand why he would walk it back later, but. I do believe that he meant what he said and, and ultimately creates a situation where I don't know if you can bring wit back and be able to keep this clubhouse together in a way that they would want it to. And, and earlier this week, uh, Vern or our Josh Vern, you're our 610 sports Royals insider. He was on Fesco in the morning and he basically mirrored this sentiment. He just wants to win. He knows it's not going to happen in Kansas city. A lot like Zach Granke. Now, Granke was never the vocal leader of the clubhouse, so maybe it didn't uh, come to a head the same way it has this season with Whit Merrifield, but uh, Whit at the beginning of this season, once, once things went south in April, his leadership um, style or his uh, desire to lead fizzled out. Uh, w- once this season fizzled out, I think Whit Merrifield's desire to lead this team fizzled out I think his desire to get out of Kansas City began to heighten and that's where we're at right now he wants to win I believe he wants to be traded he's not going to demand a trade because he does have an affinity for this front office and for this city Uh, but but Merrifield wants out and when you have a guy that has been the vocal leader of your clubhouse for four and a half years now who no longer uh, wants that role no longer embraces that role no longer even tries to fill that role uh, still being looked at by certain individuals, a Bobby Witt Jr. and MJ Melendez and Nicky Lopez still being looked at as that individual, well, then that guy's got to go. So then you can have a Bobby, an MJ, a Vinny, a Nicky. Someone can uh, ascend to that role as the leader. Right now, the vocal leader in the clubhouse, Witt Merrifield, doesn't want to be that. Uh, no one else can usurp that role from him until he has moved out. That's why I think he and the Royals organization are both in favor of moving them out. I think that makes the most sense for both parties. I think he does want out. You do not say what you said in that in that interview and then at the same time expect for things to just go over well, everyone to just forget about it and move on. It very much appears like Witt wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants people in Kansas City to like him because I think he likes being in Kansas City. But I, at the same time, I think he wants to move on and go somewhere where he can win. And at the, in this situation here, you can't be the nice guy and then also want to leave the team too. You got to make a choice. You either have to decide to leave and just say, hey, man, if people are mad at me, people are mad at me. 
or you stay and you be a leader and you go out there and do what you can to make sure that you're on the field for your, your teammates. And I don't think he's committed to doing that for this team. And I don't think his teammates trust him anymore because I don't think Nikki would have said what he said accidentally. I think he's he's a very well-spoken kid, and especially that choice of words, because it's not like we see players thrown around unselfish all the time in terms of uh, wins. So I do believe that that was an intentional choice of words, and I've got no problem with it. I, I'm perfectly cool with that, and I understand why he'd walk it back later because, frankly, no team wants players to say anything worth note in regards to uh, another teammate in a negative light. So I understand that, but I do with, agree with Vern. You can't have a guy who's supposed to be a leader on your team that throws shade at his, at his teammates and is supposed to then stick around and be around with these guys, even though the guys on the team don't quite trust him. So I, I very much agree that it's time to move on from him. The sooner the better. I think it's better for both parties. He can go to a team that he can contend with. He can get into the playoffs. And at the same time, I think the, the Royals can focus on their youth movement and they can have younger guys go out and really take that leadership role the way that Mike Matheny has been talking about these young guys need to do. And, and unfortunately, Witt was kind of stuck in that transitory period for the Royals. You right. know, he's not part of that Hosmer, Moustakis group of guys. He's in the middle part, and then we've got the future with Melendez and Bobby Witt Jr. So, I, I mean, I feel for the guy, but I agree. I don't think he can... can stick around right and I felt I've always felt bad for yeah. him for that like I felt like I know some people have complained like I, I last night when me and Sean were on somebody texted in oh the Royals screwed him out of a World Series ring. No. like no they didn't we no. didn't nobody thought that he was like a 25 26 year old minor leaguer and no one no one thought this guy was a major leaguer and the Royals just gave him a shot because they had too many injuries like that's the only reason why he got a chance <laughs> otherwise he probably might not have got called up until like 2017 2018 I mean or he might have been a trade piece like I he was he was very much a guy that surprised a lot of people so I it wasn't that he didn't get screwed no one thought he was going to be that good he just turned into a player that surprised a lot of people but I do feel bad that he didn't win a win a that that title in 2015 because maybe they wouldn't have had to make the Zobras deal that they that they did coming up next I tell you why Orlando Brown Jr. might go broke betting on himself This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back in here on Big at Night, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, Chris Nocero, Grant Nicholson, Jay Southland Toast Service text line 913-586-7610. From the 816, I'm still puzzled why the organization didn't prepare for this. They had Toronto on the schedule at the start of the year and just ignored this. I'm not going to blame the Royals in this scenario because, like, look, at the end of the day, the Royals did what I think every team in Major League Baseball did, which is basically we're going to give you guys all the information on the vaccines. You guys make your choice. We'll respect it either way. And I I, I mean, seriously, I think every team did that. I know the Chiefs did that, too. The difference is that the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill standing up in front of the entire team and saying, go get the vax because the best way that we can win is if everybody is here. And that's what they did. And that's the reason why, like, almost everybody in that organization, all the coaches, almost all the players, they went and got vaccinated so they can make sure that they were available. And it very much appears like the Royals didn't have that scenario there where they had leadership at the top going out and doing that. And we obviously see that because with Merrifield wasn't there, Hunter Dozier wasn't there, Michael A. Taylor, uh, Andrew Benintendi, like Benintendi, none of those guys were there. So I think we can probably assume that you didn't have that same scenario going on. And maybe it was because there were guys at the top who were like, I ain't going to go get vaxxed if we're not going to win anyways. So, and again, that's not a good look. So I don't think that's a a Royals issue. That's more of a, a player issue. The organization to me is not at fault here. And not only that, but you, even if you know that this is going to be a problem, you certainly don't expect, uh, probably the, I mean, the second face of the organization behind Salvi, you don't expect him to go out and say what he said after the the news breaks like that. You know, if he'd have just said, Hey, it's a personal choice. I think we'd have all respected it, but for him to say that, Hey, I might consider if we, if I go to a contender that right there, isn't a good look, you know, that's, that's just not how you conduct yourself if you are supposed to be the leader of the organization. So I think that's the the biggest issue that we have. And I don't think that's an issue that the Royals could have prevented because you do media training, but for these guys, but at the end of the day, if the guy says what he wants to say, instead of what he's taught to say, it doesn't matter. So I want to get into the Orlando Brown jr. Situation here. Very interesting stuff. Last week, uh, it came out that the chiefs and Orlando Brown jr. Were not going to agree on a contract extension, uh, the Chiefs reportedly offered a six-year, $139 million deal. A signing bonus just north of $30 million, which is the largest uh, for any player at his, at his position on the surface. 
Here's the problem, though, and this is the reason why he turned it down, because it essentially is a five-year contract worth $95 million, and the six-year is $44 million, and ain't no damn way you're about to pay a left tackle $44 million in, in a single season. So basically it was a five-year deal that they were offering, five years, $95 million. And now that this has been uh, – the, the deadline's passed. They've not come to an agreement. Basically now, Orlando Brown Jr. is betting on himself. Here's Nate Taylor, our one of our Chiefs insiders here, talking about whether or not it's a good decision for Orlando Brown Jr. to bet on himself. And I am kind of like 50-50, so I'm going to give you a chance to sort of convince me because this is what Michael Portner and him and Jamal Brown had to discuss. This is your choice, Orlando. No one's making this more than you. The, the, the agent works for the player. Orlando Brown is betting on himself in a way that I don't know if I would totally advise. But that's what he's chosen. And I'm, I'm having a hard time wrestling if that's the correct decision to put everything into this year to hope to get something better. And he very much believes in himself. I will give Orlando Brown Jr. all the credit in the world. He is confident. He is very confident in himself. Here he is talking about, this was months ago when he was on NFL Total Access. I believe this was back in May, right after he got him uh, a, a new agent. An agent, mind you, that had never, ever had a client in the NFL before. Uh, this was his first NFL client ever. Uh, this is what he said on NFL Total Access when asked about the likelihood of him striking a deal with the Chiefs. Very confident, very confident, man, especially simply based off the things that have come into effect within our division, man, the type of defensive ends that have been brought in, the type of players and all of that type of stuff, man. It's not the year to go into a season with a backup left tackle. So, you know, I'm very confident that the Kansas City Chiefs will get that done. If you've listened to me talk about the Tyreek Hill situation, you know, I am not mad at Tyreek for what he did. He believed he was worth X amount of dollars. The Chiefs were not willing to pay him the amount of money that he wanted. Both sides were at an impasse, and they agreed to go their separate ways. I'm not mad at Tyreek. I was a little mad at the Chiefs at first because I believe if you have a player you know is great, you know is going to perform, You keep him on the team as long as you know he's going to perform at that level. Now, the question marks were, well, how long was he going to perform at that level over the life of the contract? And that, to me, that's, I I think you could probably get another two, three years him playing at the level that he's been playing at. Um, Maybe he falls off earlier. We don't know. But I I still think you could have got something out of him. But, you know, it's months ago. It's old stuff now. He's in South Beach. We'll talk about him in the next segment. But, To me, I'm perfectly okay with Orlando Brown Jr. betting on himself. If he's that confident, and apparently he believes he's Hall of Fame caliber. Apparently he believes he's top stuff at his position. He believes that he should be paid the highest contract for a player at the left tackle spot. And I'm cool if he believes he can get that. I said this when when, with the Tyreek Hill situation. Your value is what someone is willing to pay you for your services. If someone's willing to pay you $23, $25 million, which reportedly is what he would he'd like to get in an optimum situation is $25 million a year, if, if you can get that from somebody, then that's what you're worth. 
Maybe not to every team, but as long as you can get it from one team, that's all that matters. Here's the problem, though. He really doesn't have any leverage. He can't force the Chiefs' hand. It's not like the Chiefs are sitting around here worried. If they were worried about losing Orlando Brown Jr., then, frankly, they probably would have given him the money that he wanted. But they are very content with not giving him that money. As a matter of fact, Chiefs are kind of frustrated, according to Jeffrey Chadia. There was frustration and there was disappointment, Andrew. They really like Orlando Brown Jr. They love having him be a part of this team. But the money he was asking for was just too high for them. And they feel like, look, they don't want to have to not uh, have, have a stability at left tackle here. But they also don't want to pay top of the market money for a player they don't think is the best player at his position in the NFL. Uh, one front office person said that this isn't the same guy that we traded for. And the feeling there is that when they got him from Baltimore, that he was going to be a team player, work with them on a, on a team friendly type deal. That was not the case. And right now we're looking at a situation where Orlando Brown probably won't be there for training camp and may not be there for week one. That's a very pessimistic view. I think he probably signs at some point in training camp, maybe a week or two after it starts, but I think he will be there at some point, and I do think he will play in, in week one because, frankly, it benefits him to do so. He, the Chiefs have the ability to franchise tag him a second, a second time for just under $20 million, which is a lot of damn money, but at the end of the day, it would be... It's, it's pretty reasonable for someone with his talents because I do think he is uh, one of the better left tackles in the game. I just don't think he's worth the kind of money that he was asking for. I think the Chiefs, if they would have guaranteed a little bit more money, I actually think the, the, the contract they offered him is perfect because it basically was like five years, like $19 million. It was perfect. Like I, I think it was exactly what you would expect for someone of the, the talent level, the performance level of Orlando Brown Jr., but if they would have given him more money to me, I'd be like, no, no dice. I'm glad they didn't give him a better deal because to me, the, the chiefs are the kind of team that has to say no to some people. And it's an, it's a tough business sometimes, but just like Bill Belichick did when he had Tom Brady, he had to make some tough choices. And there were a lot of really good players that he had to let go because they were asking for too much money or because they were just like the amount of money that we could pay you. You'd probably be worth it. But we could probably take this money and put it at a more impactful position. I think the Chiefs are very confident in their ability to fill that left tackle spot if they need to. They can slide Tooney over. They could potentially move Lucas Niang over there. I know that they were considering putting him over there um, before they got their hands on Orlando Brown Jr. I know that they're confident. They really like Kennard, the, the new kid that they got from Kentucky. They've got options, and I think that they'd be very comfortable if they don't – maybe not very comfortable – they feel like they've got some pretty decent options if they don't have uh, Orlando Brown Jr. for this year. So it probably wouldn't hurt them as much as Orlando Brown Jr. thinks. But it would, would hurt Orlando Brown Jr. because the Chiefs can franchise tag him next year. And that means that if he doesn't play this year, and if he doesn't play next season, he would be 28 the next time that he plays in uh, an NFL snap. And the problem is that when you're a 28-year-old left tackle that has not really had the kind of track record that you sh that has allowed teams to see that you're worth top money, you're probably not getting top money. So at this point, him betting on himself is probably not going to be in his best interest. I believe that you got to 
get the right people around you and him not getting a good agent before May or, you know, getting, you know, not having an agent at all till May and then getting someone that has never done an NFL contract before that to me is very problematic. And I don't, I don't, I question his decision-making in this situation here. Hopefully someone talks some sense into him and tells him, Hey man, you're getting a really good deal. You're making a ton of money. $19 million a year over five years is good money. And if he goes out there and proves that he's worth that money, he's, he'll, he'll make all $95 million of it and, and then get his you know extra little signing bonus money after he gets cut after year five because there's no way he's going to be on that team after year five. Ain't no way they're going to have a $44 million cap hit. Like I, think, I don't think Patrick Mahomes on his contract has a $44 million cap hit at any point during that, any point during that contract. Maybe he does because they deferred some money uh, from last year. I don't think that, that that's the case, though. Coming up next, I tell you why the Tyreek Hill's latest spillage of the tea is being way overblown. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're about a little less than 19 minutes away from the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game getting kicked off. Talk about that more at the top of the next hour. I want to get to this Tyreek Hill story, though. Tyreek Hill has, I mean, I'll tell you this right now. First of all, this man, him and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, are geniuses. This, it needed to be said podcast has produced so much content for us here at the radio station. Not only that, but it's actually been really interesting to hear all of the various things coming from a former Chiefs player. Generally, we'd never get anyone talking with spilling this much tea as much as as, uh, as one Tyree Kill has been spilling this offseason. But he had this to say in regards to the 
Chiefs losing to the Bills earlier this this past season. Those guys are professional athletes just like we are professional athletes. Those guys grind just like we we grind, you know. So, like, a lot of things didn't see eye to eye in the building. And, you know, a lot of people, were, I just don't want to say, we're, we're going through some things, you know. So, they beat our ass. They beat our ass, man. They beat our ass, dog. And it was very, it was very embarrassing. And that got a little people hot under the collar, if you will. If you will. Now, that's probably not the right thing. I, that's not the right thing. I think that's that's a different kind of hot. I think it got people bothered because they felt like there were some underlying issues that affected them all throughout the year, and he was kind of letting that be known. And he expanded on that even more as he talked about Eric Bieniemy's role in that situation. Those guys are professional athletes just like we are professional athletes. No, that's not the right guy. But anyway, he, he went on later and said that uh, basically Bieniemy was kind of the, the glue guy, if you will. He was getting on guys – and he basically really kind of stopped a situation where guys were at odds with each other, and he very much took control of the situation and helped get things under control and helped them right the ship later on in the season. Hey, that's a good, obviously a good picture to paint about Eric Bieniemy. You've certainly seen some slander about Bieniemy this past offseason. Uh, we already know about the terrible blog post that came out uh, back in like was it February, March, or whenever, uh, where a bunch of people who didn't have any knowledge about the inner workings made up a story for for uh, for content there to try to sway public opinion. And then you had LaShawn McCoy come out um, in the offseason and kind of throw some shade at at uh, Eric B. Enemy and because he was mad because he got demoted because he was old and past his prime and wasn't getting the ball anymore late in that 2019 season. But it it got a lot of people talking, a lot of people wondering, are there really issues in this Chiefs locker room that are going to prevent them from potentially being able to get back to another Super Bowl. And I believe that the audio has been overblown. I know we, if you follow sports over the years, there are tons and tons of teams that have had issues in the locker room, issues in the clubhouse. You got teammates beefing. We've heard it oh, many times over the years. And those teams still find a way to go out there and get the job done. It didn't prevent the Chiefs from getting to the AFC Championship game. Didn't prevent them from having a 21-point lead at one point in the first half. Now, there you can come up with whatever excuse you want for them to not perform well in the second half and they end up losing uh, the in the second half of that championship game. I certainly am... Wasn't very happy about it. I was on the air after that game, and we were at a lot. Me and me and Sean Levine were at a loss for words as as to why that situation turned out the way it did. Where you've got a team that looked like they had their tickets stamped to SoFi Stadium in you know two weeks from that game, and then all of a sudden they fall apart. We were all frustrated. I understand that, but to me, I don't think that we should sit around here and worry and be concerned about issues in the locker room because every team has these issues, or at least not every team, but a lot of teams have these kind of issues. I, I, I looked this up. I mean, how many, if you're an NBA fan, you know that there's a lot of great teams out there that have had issues over the time. Here's Kenny Smith talking about 
the issues that he had on teams that he was playing on. Mind you, this is a guy that won titles when he was in Houston. Here's him talking about issues that his team had. Kobe not happy. And I don't What do you is he trying to somehow light a fire under this 6 and 16 team is this just the, the frustration you want me to start it I, I, whoever wants a crack at it I, I'll, I'll start it I know I, we've talked about it in the back so <laughs> my take on it I've been on our rocket teams this happened twice three times a month honestly and where guys call, just, and he was calling his team soft calling and, them and soft and all, that, all that stuff and, and I'll, without all the expletives I'll give you a scenario you go in practice I go in for a layup, and you get fouled hard. And you get up and go, oh, you didn't do that last night. Oh, you want to be all tough guy up in here today, but last night you were letting Tony Parker or Jason Kidd or Gary Payton ride to it, but now you want to be a tough. That kind of talk in our practice was every day. I like three, three times a month where somebody's walking out like that. Or, I don't know about the Lakers, and I don't know about the Phoenix Suns. Oh, look at the look on We had thing. Mad Max. We had myself, New Yorker talker. I was a talker. Uh, Max was out of control. Otis Thorpe was out of control. Dream before, before the religion, thank God, hit him. He was out of control. It, that was normal but in our I bet that, but, but I bet that was never done in front of cameras. Yes. At, at, the, yes. at, the, at the end of that. They don't care. Like, when you're doing it. Like, at the end of I, practice, when they allow it. photographers You want to do it when they're there because because then it's like, because it's like you were showing me up while the, while the cameras are on. So, they, yeah, for us, it was like that. I'm just saying for us, it was. That was a great Houston Rockets team, by the way. Won two straight titles. Now, they won those two titles because Michael Jordan was retired. But still, won two straight championships. So, if a team like that can do it. If a team like the Lakers in the late 90s, early 2000s, who won three straight championships. Actually, not three straight, three and four years. Won three championships. Mind you, that was 18. Actually, it was three straight. They had issues with Kobe and Shaq. I remember hearing, reading stories about it where basically Shaq was complaining about Kobe being a ball hog and playing selfishly. They won three titles with the finals four out of five years there. Like, that is a team that had issues and still overcame them to win. Look, the, Derek Jeter and, and uh, Alex Rodriguez, they had issues too. When Alex Rodriguez was in Seattle... He threw some shade in the way of Derek Jeter because he basically said that, you know, Derek Jeter is not as good as me. I don't know why he gets talked about more than I do. This is after uh, Alex Rodriguez signed like a $250 million contract. And he was not very happy with the fact that he wasn't getting the kind of attention that Derek Jeter was. And it affected their relationship because they were good friends and basically they weren't. Then he ends up going to New York to play with Jeter. And things were pretty awkward there over the decade or so that he was playing up there in the Bronx. You can have issues with teammates and still overcome those. So I'm not too worried about that situation. And I, I feel like there are a lot of problems that we're kind of overblowing in, in these situations. Coming up next, I'm going to answer some of your texts here before we get to the top of the hour. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Final few minutes here at the first hour here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio. The Odyssey app, Christian Ocero, Grant Nicholson. So I've had like this, I've been debating whoever this person is on the uh, Jay Southland Toe Service text line, which is uh, 913-586-7610. And they're kind of trying to portray Wit as some sort of victim. And that, you know, he's being persecuted because he's anti-vax. Like, let me let and I, I've listened to pretty much everybody here at 610. And I think we all have the same opinion. Almost all of us have the same opinion. We don't care that he's vaccinated or not. I don't have an issue with his vaccination status. Doesn't matter to me. I look, I knew players were not going to be vaccinated on this team for this trip. I knew it was going to be a problem, especially when they put out. The, the news that that Canada had adopted that stance, I knew that there were probably going to be some players on this team that were not going to make that trip. So I, like I said, I, it's, it's, it's your personal, personal choice whether or not you want to do it or not. It doesn't involve me. I, I just don't care if you make that choice or not. It's not my business. My issue, and I think everyone's issue is, is with how, he how he talked about his choice because let's be clear here Whit Merrifield is not an anti-vaxxer he stated in that interview with Cody he is not anti-vax he explained why he did not get the vaccine but he also stated that he is not an anti-vaxxer specifically he said I'm not a hardline anti-vaxxer so he's not part of your crew if you're an anti-vaxxer he said that I am not going to get it right now, but if I go to a contender, if I go to a playoff team, then I'll I'll very much consider it. And the problem is not that he chose to not get vaccinated, but that he chose to state that he would probably get vaccinated if he went to a contender. Now, if you're going to be anti-vax, just be anti-vax. Just be like, I'm not going to get vaccinated for nobody. I don't care if I go to the Yankees, the Astros, whoever. I'm not getting vaccinated for nobody. If he'd have took that stance, I think we'd all been, okay, fine, whatever. Do you, you know, we understand it's your choice, whatever. That's not the stance he had, though. The stance he had was that I'm not doing it for y'all. I'm not doing it for the guys over at Kaufman. I'm not doing it for Bobby Witt Jr. or for or for a Nicky Lopez or for any of those guys in that clubhouse. I'm not going to go out there and do it for them. If they go up there and they get smacked in Toronto, so so be it. I'm not going to go do it for them. But, you know, if I end up going to the AL East, I might do it. That's what he said. So I don't 
feel sorry for him in this situation. And that's the issue that we have. We don't have an issue with this vaccine status. We have an issue with him basically not taking a hard-line vaccine status with, with any other team but the Royals. That's the problem that we have. And if you're going to go out there and be a leader of this team and then in the same vein go out there and say, yeah, I'm not going to go and do my best to play with you guys during the season, make sure I'm there for as many games as I can, that right there is like, okay, now I question your effort. So at the end of the day, he's not a victim. He's, he's, he's not someone that is being uh, – unfairly treated by fans here. There certainly are some fans that are angry about his vaccination status, but I do not know anybody here at 610 that is like that. I surely am not like that. It's not my business. Also, the person on the text line is very adamant that, you know, it should be a private thing where the <laughs> the, the team doesn't release. We violated his HIPAA, his laws. HIPAA laws. He's very adamant that it was. That Which is not how HIPAA laws work. And also not what happened. That's like, what happened. He was on the injured list, yeah. and so he wasn't even. He didn't make the trip to Toronto. Now, one-to-one, like, Witt knew he wasn't making the trip to Toronto. He knew he wasn't making the <laughs> I mean, there's not he much that the Royals can do to not divulge that information. They didn't even divulge it. They yeah, they they put him on the reserved list because they didn't put him on the injured list. If they'd have put him on the injured list, they wouldn't have had to put him on the reserve list. But because they did not put him on the injured list, they had to put him on the reserve list when they when their team made the tri- the trip to Toronto. They had to do that. That's why they put all the other guys did, on Did he that think list. that the Royals would just show up to Toronto and we'd all be like, oh, I wonder where Where's 10 of the 25 players on the <laughs> active Michael roster are? Where's Michael at? You know? <laughs> he thought we were just going to show up and not, not put – because the thing is that there's rules. They have to do this because of gambling. Yeah, yeah. There's Correct. gambling. I mean, Correct. that's why they have to divulge this stuff and at least put them on Plus the list. They didn't, I mean, they didn't say that they weren't vaccinated, just that they're yeah. not going to, <laughs> they to didn't, Toronto. You, you know how the Royals on their, on their Twitter page put those graphics up? Like, we made a roster move. And then it always has like so-and-so is going to Omaha, so-and-so coming off the IL. Like, they, they usually do that. They didn't do that with those guys uh, immediately. Like, they just said, hey, we're putting them on the reserve list. They didn't say, uh, these guys aren't vaccinated. They didn't say that. They, didn't, they just said, we're putting them on the reserve list. You can take whatever conclusion <laughs> you want from that, but we put them on the reserve list. They didn't directly say that. So, again, he ain't no damn victim. And especially in a, in a league that div- has to divulge injuries, roster changes, etc., to the public because of gambling interests, that's why it happened. Like I said, Whit Merrifield ain't no damn victim. So stop trying to make him out to be just because you agree with the decision that he made. Coming up next, I, I want to discuss as the MLB All-Star Game gets underway, why there are so many major problems that might be on the horizon for the league. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 